Claude Weekly is proudly brought to you by Peninsula Co-op. At Peninsula Co-op, you get full serve for the same price as self-serve, meaning you can stay in your warm vehicle while someone else pumps your fuel for you. And if you join up to the Peninsula Co-op membership program, you can start earning cash back every year on gas, convenience store purchases, home heating oil, and even groceries. Join today for just $27. For more details, head to your local Peninsula Co-op or click on the membership tab at PeninsulaCoop.com. Welcome back to the 10th week, episode 10, Claude Weekly. I'm Malcolm Fletcher. Alongside is uh, Ben Waterworth. Benny, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Sticky. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And uh, happy birthday to you. I believe it's your birthday this week, Sticky. So I just want to get that out right now. I'm, I'm always good when it's things to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this Sunday, October 18th, mark your calendars. Uh, it's my birthday. Accepting any cards possible. But, uh, you know, we got more important things to do because we got... The real, the real voice of your Peninsula Panthers, Will Bryant. Willie, man, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's nice to be on with my my two new color guys for the year. You guys have replaced Isha Jerome, and uh, gotta say we got two games under our belts, and we're already doing better than Isha and I were after two. <laughs> yeah, uh, Isha, I hope you're listening at home because uh, I think Will just kind of tossed you under the bus saying that uh, we're better than you after two games. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times Isha used the word butt grope. I think we're just talking a little bit off the air. I, I, mean, I feel you were almost ready to fire me after the second week there, Will. I don't think you liked how I went in that direction. You know what? I Sticky vouch for you. He, he was real nice. I got this thing where if you're Australian, I give you three chances. It's game three next week. Wow. Okay, then. So I could be uh, out of the job no, already. No, no, no. Never. Never, never, never. Well, we wanted to get you on the show, Will, because I, I think it, it felt a bit odd knowing that here we are doing this uh, podcast yet. As, as Sticky said, the real voice of the Peninsula Panthers isn't even isn't even here. I mean, look, I don't know what you're doing every week on a Monday or Tuesday. You're welcome to join us every week if you know. We, we could always use a third co-host. Monday, it's probably Monday Night Football or I'm working. Uh, Tuesday, I mean, this week it was Tuesday Night Football because weird COVID stuff. How are Buffalo doing right now? Did I even look at they, that? Can I, I can't cuss on here, can I? Uh, well, just depending what it says. They got shit kicked. They got shit kicked. Shit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't swear. What are you talking about? Uh, damn. 42-17, Tennessee oh. just wiped the floor with them. Wow. Yeah. Okay, then. I shouldn't have asked. Yeah, I should so have looked you, at my phone Usually later. Monday, Tuesday, I'm kind of on my own, so I'll definitely pop in for a few more of these though it uh well we're, we're glad you're here because you know as I said, we need to have you on here and of course we're we're here <laughs> after week two of the uh second second round essentially i guess of the vi jhl and uh, we're going to recap a little bit of the games and we'll talk to you of course throughout this episode a little bit more but just just your take right now will on uh last week's game and, and feel free to throw in just in general how you thought the first four games have gone so far for the Panthers. yeah well i mean two and two through the first four games i think is I don't want to say what either team expected, but I think it's what both teams' worst-case scenario probably was, where you're splitting the games. You've won one on, at, on the road, and you've won one at home for both teams. Obviously, the home team winning week one, away teams winning in week two. And uh, I think that goes to show that we're going to have a fairly competitive next six games. And, I mean, you can still hear the boys on the, the ice practicing right now. And uh, it's Victoria. It's tough hard hockey they have great goaltending we've got goaltending that's getting better and better new guys that uh, are really starting to show up and show out and when you're able to be shutting down a victoria offense like our three tennies have been doing you're already in good shape so with the panthers obviously a lot of turnover in in net last year losing uh connor mckillop and then of course andrew rocha who was another 20 year old we brought on at the end of the season um three new faces connor swainson coming back to the team this team's done really well with these three new net miners and and the the four games against victoria i think for not having a preseason or anything like that um all, all these, both teams have to be very happy. And you talking about, you know, shutting down a, a really good Victoria Cougars offense and in the Z zone goaltending. What do you think has been a key point for the Panthers shutting them down and, uh, you know, just really taking care of the uh, defensive zone? Well, through four games, I think that it's a 
bit of a learning experience. Not only like you're going into a game with a plan, but that changes after the first period, the second period. You got to be making those adjustments, right? So uh, I, I think with uh, through the first four games, I don't think it's any one thing that either team's doing. I think it's just we have two really good teams, and we're going to see sometimes the Panthers' goaltending shines while other times it's the Cougars, or it's the Panthers' offense and the other time it's the Cougars. Right now, I don't think that it's one thing that one team's doing that's shutting them down. I think right now we're just still seeing kind of the ebbs and flows because this is game five that we're going to be going into without a preseason. So even though they've got practices going on, this isn't where we'd expect either team, I think, to be at this point in the season, um, even though we're only going into game five. So I think this is just a, a lot of us seeing both of these very talented Junior B hockey clubs and it's Junior B. You're going to shut someone down one night. The other night, it's just not going to happen. That's just because these guys are 16 to 20. But that being said, two amazing teams. So we're going to keep seeing some great stuff going forward. You mentioned, of course, uh, the season's even up. If it's game four games in, two apiece. Of course, last week, uh, it was a complete opposite of the week before. Two home wins for both sides. This time around, it's, it's been the away. Panthers got the 4-3 win on Thursday night in overtime. Uh, of course, Spears getting the goal there to... Uh, sorry, it was Seal who got the goal there to, uh, to win that one in OT. And then on Friday night, a uh, bit of an opposite one there. 6-1 victory for the Cougars. In, uh, entertaining and spiteful game, that one. Uh, 31 penalties dished out. I think uh, about 30 of them in the final period or something along those lines. Yeah, something like that. It was uh, pretty spiteful at the end there. But, uh, I mean, your take on both those games last week, obviously you, you were here on Friday, called that one, but uh, your, your take on kind of how, how that went and was it surprising that sort of the, the Cougars came out the way they did on Friday night after dropping that one at home on Thursday? The Cougars have always been a team that bounces back when they go down. Uh, they've also been a team, when you watch them, they're going to score three goals in a row then they're going to go scoreless for either the rest of that period um, or they go in streaks, right? They It's not uh, one goal here, one goal there. They're a team that goes in bunches. And I think when you look at the way that they started Friday after a tough overtime loss, that's exactly how you'd expect a Cougars team to start. And, and for the Panthers, you, you look at that, a, a great job coming in, winning in the arch, a tough building to win, regardless of how great your team is. The Cougars always play well at the arch. And uh, they came back Friday, and uh, the Cougars just, I think they were just the hungrier team on Friday. They You watched it. Um, you know, a, a relatively back and forth first period, but in the back two periods, you saw Victoria kind of start to to take over and uh, and dig up that pressure, and then that's where you saw the discipline uh, from both teams um, start to you know get a little looser because you said like 31 penalty minutes, and I'm sure in the back half of that game there was 20 of them. And so uh, on Thursday night, I don't know if you caught the game on hockey TV or not, but what do you think kind of went wrong uh, for the Panthers in that second game? Do you think it was kind of losing discipline, maybe not taking care of the D zone as well as they did? What do you think the Panthers didn't transition over to Friday night? I Again, this is just a situation where I mean, emotionally the Cougars are going to come out hard. It's... A rivalry between these guys. It's not like it's a, a thing where these teams are spending, you know, 24 hours in a green room with all, you know, numbers and stuff and X's and O's. You know, these these guys still have school and everything to do. So I, I'm sure it's just a matter of the Cougars down 6-1, or um, sorry, losing 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Brody Coulter, their head coach, probably lit a fire under him in that locker room. And um, it's just sometimes the way it goes. You, you look at the discipline for the Panthers Friday, I think that's probably the main concern is staying out of the box and just keeping that discipline because no matter how good your penalty kill is, you got to remember that it's a still a Cougar power play and that is a dangerous thing. You want to give them as few of those as possible. And when you just keep filing people in and out of the penalty box and keeping yourself shorthanded like we saw on Friday... I think you're going to have some concerns, and, and that's what you saw, I think. Three power play goals, of course, the Cougars ended up getting on Friday night as well. So half of their goals were on, on the power play. And, I mean, you mentioned very back-and-forth game for, for a large portion of that, and it just seemed in that third period that almost Brad lit a fire and kind of said, guys, go out there and just give them hell because yeah. I think we turned to each other at one point. Like, have we? how long of this period have we even had with nobody in the box? It was, it was one of those periods. And those final five minutes, I think they're still going on out there right now at the moment. There was, there was so much going on out there. And, I mean, games like that, do you feel 
it's you're going to get a game like that every now and then. A lot of these guys, sort of, you know, 16-year-olds, they're coming into junior B. They don't necessarily know a lot of things around it, so they're kind of learning the ropes, going out there, learning the penalties. You know, we're going to have a couple of game misconducts and all those sort of things out there. So get that out of, out of the way now. It's very early in the season and kind of just move forward from it pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, an example of you say players learning the rules would be at the end of the third period there, like 10 seconds to go, Evan Crawford getting five in a game and ends up getting a three-game suspension as a result for the head contact minor. So, or actually it was a major, but he learns quickly that I can't do that like I could in midget or I could have in bantam because this is the VI, this is junior B, things are a lot different. And that's, again, something we're seeing here in these first 10 games against the Cougars. These are teams that, again, no preseason. There's a lot of rookies on both rosters, I think more on the Panthers than the Cougars, but still, new team, new chemistry. And with uh, some of the new COVID rules, these guys have to make sure that uh, they know those and they're keeping up with those. So there's a lot for these teams to be teaching their players and a lot for the players to be learning right now. That was very well said, uh, Will. And now we're going to be shifting gears a little bit. And I uh, I don't know how many episodes you've tuned into so far, but uh, every week we have a weekly segment called the Pete Fact of the Week oh. where my friend here, Ben Waterworth, is going to ask you a couple of, of questions, facts that he's been told are true about our owner, Pete Zabersky. It's not true or false. These are all true. Well, this is what we're going to find out. Um, we'll, we, we've just heard the introduction there now. So basically, the, these are just things that get passed on to me in the grapevine, okay? okay. And each week, generally, people will say like, yeah, that's that, I've heard that. And no, it's absolutely ridiculous. That is not true. Um, so uh, is it true uh, Pete Zabersky can hear sign language? Have you, have you heard that one at all or...? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he probably could. He's yeah, got that that cop in him, I'm sure. Yeah, like yeah. he's very like he gets the investigation going going really well with that. I think you know you never know. He exactly. he's he's got one of those things. Um, Pete Zaversky found the last digit of pi. Yeah, 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 I heard that one too. Uh, I hear Pete's partial to some pie. I don't know about that one there. Um, Pete Zaversky puts the laughter in manslaughter. He, and and the man part wow of it too. Yeah. yeah hey that's hey. I, I like that the one too water altogether yeah Pete Zaberski can speak braille maybe I don't know like if that's heard of that one there no All right uh, Bill Gates lives in constant fear that uh, Pete Zaberski's PC will crash yes that that I can confirm I've personally spoken to Bill Gates on that yep. and uh, we are actively working to make sure his PC does not crash. Yeah, and I mean you're very tight with Bill Gates, I hear. Yeah, very so tight. Like, William yeah. Gates. We yeah. share oh, William. Share first name. Wow. Okay, there you go. Uh, the original title for Alien vs Predator was Alien and Predator vs Pizza Bursky. The film was cancelled shortly after going into pre-production. No one would pay nine dollars to see a movie fourteen seconds long. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that is true. I've heard that before, actually. Um, I don't know what's happening with these sticky. They seem to be getting better or worse each week i don't know it's it's you got you're just going one for one right now i think <laughs> i don't know we generally we usually have a segment you missed out actually coming on week 10 because we did have the cougars joke of the week but um you know unfortunately as we discovered last week they can't lose and have a joke at the same time they can't handle the pressure i mean it's a I, to not to be taken sides but they're 16 to 20 their kids I completely understand it. Marlon Martin's the guy for the Royals. He's given me some great lessons. And one thing is, is when you're working junior hockey, it's as positive as you can make it. Okay. As much as you can, so I, I do understand that. Okay, I don't, don't, don't. I just don't know if it was the players or not who were complaining. Um, we'll have <laughs> we'll have another segment a little bit uh, later on. Uh, we're we're gonna right now throw we're gonna sort of a brief breaking transmission to speak some seriousness. We're gonna hear from uh, head coach right now of the Peninsula Panthers, Mr. Brad Tippett, about last week to find out from the man himself what went down and how he's feeling heading into this week. Take it away. That's intercepted by the Panthers who go the other way. Maloney dropping it back for Spears. Let's let rip it. Pop that bottle, Spears. Game's a one-goal game. Oops, he did it again. There it is. A Britney Spears reference. It was going to come eventually, but a fantastic shot. And you love to see the bottle move on the net. That, to me, is when you know it is a good goal. We're joined now, head coach of the Peninsula Panthers, back on Claude Weekly, uh, Brad Tippett. Brad, thank you very much for joining me once again. Good to be here. Now, last week, of course, uh, won away, then lost at home. Your general take on how last week went? 
Well, if you'd asked me on Wednesday if, if 500 would have been okay on the weekend, I probably would have said, yeah. I mean, obviously, two uh, talented teams and and um, tough building for to play in. You know, they uh, they lost twice in their building last year uh, at all all season. Both of them were to us. Um, but it's tough building to play in. And then um, for the high of how hard we played in on Thursday night and, and the sort of dramatic fashion that the game wound up uh, uh, to come out, and then we were a little flat on Friday, and I thought some of the after I was going to throw the video away, didn't, watched it, and then uh, watched it again. And um, anyway, it uh, we had some real soft mistakes some lazy mistakes easily fixed but they were killers and we just uh like we didn't have it on friday so we're the uh, we showed a bit of our youth uh, uh we just got to learn from it that's all but uh, you know overall um i mean i think the people around the league would be su- surprised that we're two and two both teams are two and two at this point after four games so uh especially with the young defense we have <coughs> you, you talk about those mistakes do you just put that down to the fact that it's early season you didn't have an opportunity to play exhibition games things like that where you might be able to iron out some of those mistakes before a season proper yeah for sure um well e- even it's almost a little bit worse than that is that the exhibition season you can get you're playing against somebody else and when you play the summer hockey year it's like playing old timers beer league for five five weeks where there's no contact there's no repercussions. It doesn't go on the scoreboard. Um, you make a mistake, it doesn't really hurt. You know, so coach yells at you, a big deal, and you move on. Well, now when you make a mistake, it goes on the board against you. And we're, we got sort of stuck playing that lazy old-timer hockey and uh, uh, where there was no back-checking and uh, uh, a lot of the little things, getting in the road of pucks, getting blocking shots, little things like that that we didn't do very well or at all. And uh, we did them on Thursday. So, uh, anyway, how dare they play like they're 18, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. How dare they? Two two parts from both games last week that I'd like to get your viewpoint on. Thursday night, you're up 3 nothing. Obviously, they come back tied up at the end of the second period there before going into overtime. What's said in the locker room in that second intermission when you let a three-goal lead slip and you've got to basically start afresh into that third period to try and get back into the game to lead it, essentially? Well, I think there was a little – got to sort of tear back the uh, the onion there a little bit and, and look at the root. And like the first goal they scored – Wasn't a goal, right? Wasn't a goal. Wasn't a goal. And, Thank you. <laughs> and then – so, I mean, everyone in the building except one person saw it wasn't a goal. Even the Victoria announcer said it wasn't a goal. And, and it wasn't. After seeing it, it was not even close. So, anyway, they get a spark from that. In their building, they get a spark from that, and they get going. And uh, we made a mistake on the next goal, and it's in your net. Now it's three two, and now, you know, now we're the boat's taking on water a little bit. And so I think the best part of of the game on Thursday was the ability to to come back twice. We blew three goal leads with them to them last year. This this time we didn't, and it was in their building. So that's got to be a huge confidence building for some of our young guys. On Friday night, uh, a similar thing, second intermission. What was said in that room to come out in that third period then when there was all of those penalties, everything going on? Did you kind of lit a, light a firecracker up and go, boys, get out there and uh, get a little bit hot and heavy? Was that your message? There was a lot of words that my mother wouldn't know that I said. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the air was a little blue, and we had a very frank discussion about effort, about drive, about whose building it is, and... and uh, I thought we were very easy to play against in the second period. Very, very easy, and uh, uh, almost uh, like uh, maybe a, a part of a carryover from Thursday, where we thought we were bulletproof and, and just throw our sweaters out there. And and they came here loaded for bear. I mean, they they were they were sour after they lost on Thursday, and um, so. It was a combination of us being flat and them being, you know, really hungry. And then uh, we just didn't. Uh, I was more upset we didn't have any bite back. And, and uh, so at the end of the second period, you know, that was the third period. It was. I thought the game was. Uh, I thought the game was 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 sort of out of reach. And not even on the scoreboard as much, but 
by the way we were playing and i said okay this is we're going to get some pride back here we're going to take control of our building again and and you know it was it was a it was a tough hard nose drag out third period and you know uh, i think uh, we salvaged a little pride there is there any update on how josh lingard's doing with his shoulder well, he got some positives on the x-ray. It's not uh, anything serious, but it, those shoulders are um, uh, the way he plays. You know, he, he doesn't play very soft. He's rugged, and he, he's always in the middle of the action, so he's going to get banged. And long-term, you know, we might be we'll, we'll probably keep him out this weekend. I think it was a playoff game. It might be a little bit different. But uh, for the most part, uh, we're real happy with the news. We'd love to have him in the lineup, but uh, we've got to have the big picture in mind here. And obviously no Evan Crawford for a couple of games as well. How do you think that's going to affect uh, the next few games? Well, it hurts us a little bit. Matt Seal's the only right-handed defenseman, and, and that, that hurts a little bit. And, and Evan was coming along pretty well. He, uh, You know, it was a situation he played in Victoria, and, and obviously he wanted to play hard, and it was emotional. And, and uh, you know, I think he was more sticking up for somebody else. And yeah you know the timing was bad late in the game so he gets an, an automatic extra one for that and uh but you know i uh wasn't a great penalty but i can understand where it came from we we chatted with them and there's different ways to to vent that anger and and, and stuff but uh again he, he, we, we forget he's 17 years old you know and so uh, i think he was going after somebody that was 20 and you know I'd rather have to turn a guy down than have to turn him up. A few of those choice words might come out afterwards, but as long as he learns from it, that's the main thing. No, Brad, no, no, we're fine with that. You're fine with that, no, all right? Evan is uh, Evan's a guy you, and he's uh, he thinks the game really well, and he's very mature for his age. And you sit down and have an eye to eye contact meeting with him, and uh, uh, he's a bit of a cowboy, which is good. Like he knows what an honest day's work is, and that's the way he plays. And um, there's no no hidden agenda just tell him the truth and move on and uh, and he's good he doesn't he rarely makes the same mistake twice well we'll uh hopefully see him back out in the ice in a few games time brad always a pleasure to have you here on the show mate best of luck for the two games this week thank you very much peninsula co-op believes in moving ahead by giving back every year they donate over half a million dollars to local community groups and initiatives during October, Peninsula Co-op is matching donations up to $15,000 to support kids sport. Donate at kidsportbc.org forward slash Victoria and help reconnect kids with play. Peninsula Co-op is a proud sponsor of the Peninsula Panthers. And that was Brad. Interesting words there, of course, to, uh, to find out what is uh, happening last week and this week. We will talk a little bit now about this week, I feel will we will will i don't know where i was going with that um you you sort of mentioned to us a little bit off air and and we've kind of discovered this it's a little bit odd to kind of preview a week's worth of games when it's kind of against the same team that we've played already four times this season but based on let's just let's go into thursday let's go into tomorrow night based purely on friday night six days to look into what happened last friday what do you think right now needs to change for the panthers come in and 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 Put that behind 6-1 and try and take another away win on the road. Uh, playing as much 5-on-5 five five hockey against this Cougar team in the Archie Browning Sports Arena is going to be a central focus because if you go ahead and go on the penalty kill on the road against the Cougars, you're, you're asking to get scored on, essentially. So Thursday, number one, you got to stay out of the box. Friday, number one, stay out of the box. That should be against this Cougar team. Almost every team's number one focus. Keep that team off the power play as much as you can, and you're going to minimize the damage they're able to do offensively. Following that, you just got to be able to possess the puck in the offensive zone and not allow the Cougars to play their game. What their game is, is a fast, quick brand of hockey that attacks you. It's quick. You don't know it hit you. They score before you know what happened. That's what they want to do. They're quick hitters. Chip, chase, center, score. They're not going in there doing a lot of elaborate stuff. They're just trying to get their play set up, turn your D around, move you out of position, and capitalize on that. So making sure you're staying square in your position, not letting the Cougars play that game of hockey, getting back, not over-pursuing on the offensive end because odd man rushes against the Cougars, not something you want to be surrendering either. 
So uh, this coming week, uh, Josh Lingard, uh, still have no word on him of, uh, you know, the Panthers' top centerman. And kind of going into um, these next two games without their top centerman, what should the Panthers kind of focus on without their top centerman, without their quarterback on the power play? What are they going to have to do? Is it going to be the young guns going to have to step up and, you know, play the big role? Or what's it going to be? Well, I think that's exactly it. If your main guy goes down, you don't just throw your hands in the air and go, oh, oh, well, what are we going to do now? You look at the next guy. And right now, I think those next guys are Braun and Wart. But with Braun and Wart, you know, generally pairing with Lingard. So you're probably going to see Spears, step up onto that line or, or Maloney, something like that. You'll see someone bump up into Lingard and Braun. But absolutely, it's time for another person to step up. These guys aren't going to be around Peninsula forever. You need other players to be able to achieve some of their level of production once they leave because obviously replacing Wart, Lingard, and Braun once they're out of here is no easy task. So right now, I think it's a great opportunity for one of these younger players to step up and assume the responsibility. And that can be a scary thing for a 16, 17, 18-year-old to step into that role, but if you're able to do it, embrace it, and succeed, you look like a, a pretty damn good player doing that. And given it is the one player of that 8-9-10 line that I guess will be on the side next year, you would assume, is that kind of almost an opportunity for one of these younger guys to learn from uh, Riley and Tanner basically at this point to be able to uh, you know, have that opportunity moving forward? Yeah, and I think that that should have already been happening. I don't think that this is now what should be causing that. I think a lot of these guys, or at least I hope, are inquisitive and wanting to learn and wanting to be engaged and learn the system and learn what they can do to be better because that's what you want to see in hockey players. That's how you get good hockey players. You don't get it from guys who sit around and think they're amazing and that they're going to dominate the league without putting in any work. We've seen how that looks. It doesn't lead to wins. It leads to a nine-win season, right? That's something I saw a little bit more in my first year here. But that got cycled out as Brad and Pete helped build this team. And coming in the year after that, Josh, Tanner, and Riley. So they were really a part of that foundational piece and process to help get this team to where it is now. So I think absolutely these young guys should be asking away, learning as much as they can, because even though... You know, it's only junior B. You can do a lot and learn a lot and go a lot of places. You mentioned before about the goaltending. Who are you putting in between the pipes this week? Do you think now that each of the guys have had one game apiece? Uh, of course, we've, we've had two games, of course, now as well for... for um, it was Evans, right? It was, yes. Thank you. Um, who are you putting in there tomorrow night? And do they get the gig for both games or are you still changing it up a little bit? I mean, I still love what I've seen from all three Panther netminders. Uh, I, I think that Braden Evans has had a little bit of a uh, unfortunate uh, series against the Cougars. He, we'd say he definitely played well and you know might have wanted to go back maybe two on Friday, but you can't fault him for the way his team in front of him played and uh, losing that game 6-1. He sure did everything he could to keep that a 4-1, 6-1 game. Uh, he really was standing on his head out there to keep that... Uh, pretty in reach but Connor Swainson has also done a very good job and I can't I've got two of the three down I I can't remember Uh, is Carter Johnston it is yes Carter Johnston okay Um, I I haven't seen him play yet I think he played one of the games he played last Thursday night so that would be why I haven't seen him play yeah um, but from what I saw on that box score, hey, you can go with any three of these guys. It, it's really uh, pick and choose. I think, especially with um, two games a week and you know practice time still being kind of up in the air, I, all COVID stuff, right? Um, you got to keep running them. You got to keep rotating them because keep these guys fresh. You don't want someone sitting for two months, right? Uh, you kind of have to have these guys rolling through. So I think we're gonna be seeing goalies get rotated, and unless. Uh, one of these three makes themselves known as the number one goaltender on this team, I highly doubt that we're going to see that stop. Which is, uh, I mean, you mentioned about Evans, of course. I mean, the two games he's played, uh, both losses, both let six goals in. But you yeah, definitely feel on both of those that that's not reflective of, of how well he played. We, we mentioned about the, the penalty situation and kind of how that happened. And we, we talked a lot during the broadcast last week about how this, see, this series is going to heat up the more and more these guys play each other. Do you feel that's going to continue on this week or do you think that was a one-off? No, oh, it's going to continue, absolutely. These guys didn't get to finish the seven-game playoff series to see who got to go to the finals last year. 
they do not like each other. The rookies are learning that very quickly. And uh, I expect the animosity to continue, but I expect these coaches to be enforcing the discipline on both benches. So I think we're going to see a very physical style of hockey coming up but I think that the onus is obviously on both of these coaches Brad and uh, Brody to make sure that it's physical within reason so Will um, tell me how long have you been doing the play-by-play for the Panthers now? since the 2017 2016-17 2016-17 season wow so quite a few years now and uh, I'm sure everyone here is dying to know how you got into this dying to know Um, Well, I was working at the Pat Bay Co-op. Wow. uh, Just when you're coming down to Ward Mitchell's Farm, the Pumpkin Patch, there's this gas station top of the highway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And we had Braden Hanson and Carson Cox both also working there. They had the pocket schedules from Pete that we put in front of the tills. And this gentleman came in, looked to be, you know, around 50, and just started chatting, saw the schedules, and said he was going to the game. So I asked him, well, do you have a kid that plays or you just going for fun? And he mentioned he was doing their play-by-play. And I was like, oh, Junior P is play-by-play? That's, that's something I want to get into eventually, right? Like, I could totally see myself doing that. I'd sit at home, watch football games, watch hockey, and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I'd talk along in my head. So we started talking, and it found out that Pete was looking for someone. So after my shift wrapped up at 10, drove out here, my mom made me go inside. I look in here. It's an empty arena. Only person putting something away and has a Panther blazer on. It's the camera guy, Dave Fudge. I didn't know that at the time, but uh, I walked back to my car. My mom's like, ah, what, what happened? I'm like, oh, no one's there, whatever. But she makes me go back inside, runs, puts me, and I go chat with Dave, and I'm like, hey, you guys are looking for a play-by-play guy? And he's like, uh, I got no idea, but come back next week and talk to Pete. I'm like, oh, all right. So next week I come back, find Pete, and do a like five minute on the spot interview. He's like, "Who are you? How the hell did you hear about this?" Because I was just some kid walking up to him, going, "Hey, uh, I've never done play by play for, but I want to do it." Uh, and uh, I guess they were desperate enough. So uh, I watched. At the time, it was uh, Trevor Owens and Marshall Brown uh, doing play by play in color. Two players, both hurt, broken legs. And uh, I did color for the third period because obviously they're players and obviously don't want to be doing that. So I, I did color for the third. Pete said, come back the following week and we'll get you trained up on, on play-by-play and hopefully in the next couple weeks have you on your own. So the next game was supposed to be against West Shore and it ended up getting canceled because the power to the arena went out. There was a big storm. So he gave me a text and said, game's canceled. Next week we'll get you trained. So that was against the Buccaneers. And, of course, I was just like expecting to show up, get trained, and I had no idea what to do. So I show up at 725. And I'm, like now I do game prep. I know rosters, numbers, stats, all this other stuff. I just showed up at 725 and was handed a roster. And I'm waiting to find Paul, the guy who met and told me about the job. And Pete goes, yeah, Paul can't make it. You're on your own. Have fun. Slaps a headset on me. And I'm, I'm like, oh, God. Wow. It's literally getting thrown into the deep end of the pool. So um, get find out how my mic works and uh, puck drops. My mic's live. And you can go back and, and watch the game. I want to know this date. Yeah, I really want to know. It's something of 2017. Okay. Um, it's against the Buccaneers. Amazing game. We lost 2-1 in overtime. Shota Yamamoto tripped at the blue line, coughing up the puck. 2-0 with under 10 seconds to go. And uh, the uh, Bucks were able to win it. But uh, anyways, pucks drop. My mic's live. And I can't say a word. I'm caught in mouth. I, I got nothing coming out. And play goes on for like 45 seconds. Finally, there's an icing. And Dave covers his mic because he's the camera guy and has a headset on too. And he's like, I, I think your mic's off. And I damn well know it's on. I just wasn't saying anything. So I go, oh, thanks, and pretend to fiddle with it. And uh, then the puck's dropped. And I kid you not, it's the worst game you'll ever listen to. It sounds like there's a gun to my head, and I don't know anything. It sounds like this is my first time watching hockey. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, because we are lovely people here on Claude Weekly, how about we hear a little snippet right now on Claude Weekly of Will's first game sticky. Do you want to hear a little bit about it right now? Uh, I would love to hear a little bit of it. In fact, even more, I would love to hear my first game 
And we can compare him and see and see who's better. See who's a little bit Your better. first game on play-by-play or color? Color. Because I, color, I, there was a goal, and I'm going, he shoots, he scores, and then he stick, he goes, oh my god, it's a goal! <laughs> yeah, I actually do remember that. I remember it was, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what his name was. I think it was, it was, it was a kid from the nine. He was like a call up, and uh, he scored. And I was like, "Dang it, they scored!" And you just kind of looked at me like, "You can't say that, man." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Uh, hopefully, we can roll a clip of uh, Will's first game right about now. All right, well, let's get this show on the road. Here we go. And yeah, I know the mic was on for that. All right, well, here we go. Well, hello and welcome everybody to Panorama Recreation Center, where tonight the Peninsula Panthers play host to the VIJHL, leading the Nimo Buccaneers. This is the second of four meetings between these two teams. The last came a week and a half ago up in Nanaimo. That was when Nanaimo won 7-1 over these Panthers with a five-goal effort coming from the leading scorer of the league, Matthew Jalabert. He put on an incredible one-man show for five goals. But he also got suspended that game. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. The Panthers are coming off a 4-2 victory up in Victoria last night. They had two goals coming from Josh Lingard and Tanner Ward en route to the 4-2 victory. Nanaimo coming off a 6-0 victory last night in Comox. Here as the in-arena announcer is welcoming everybody to the rink and etc, etc, etc. I tell you what, Will. Um, that was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. You didn't say buck rope, so I don't think yours was quite as bad as uh, my game too. But no, that was fantastic. I think that you've, you've come a long way, but I think that wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Uh, well, it only goes up from there. <laughs> there is nowhere to go but up. So... And Sticky, we're going to find your first game, and then we're going to we're going to I want to hear that uh, one week on it. But I mean, you mentioned that you said it's something you'd always wanted to do, and to be thrown in the deep end like that. Yeah. Do you look back at that now and go, well, that was the best possible way for me to get into something I wanted to do? Oh, absolutely, it was without a doubt. Um, it's just learning your own style, doing your own thing. Like, no one's telling you what to do. For the first year, they put a headset on me and barely even gave me any instructions. I, and that's not a bad thing. I am I was kind of like, what do I say? What do I not say? And those are things you have to learn. You don't know what's going to get you in trouble until you say it. And then you, you certainly won't say it again. So these are all things that I just kind of had to learn as I went. And yeah, it's literally like getting thrown in the deep end of the pool, except you got a little bit of a life jacket on and you just got to swim for your life. And uh, it was a great way to learn it. Um, I'd always been, you know, listening to games, watching hockey as long as I can remember. Like I'd be four, sneak out of bed for like, it's like eight. And the second period's on, I'd be in the kitchen peeking around the corner and my parents would see me, bring me onto the couch for the second period. And eventually I got tired of that. They bought me a little box radio. I put that beside my bed frame and I would literally fall asleep listening to John Shorthouse and John Garrett calling Canucks games. And uh, I mean, maybe that got ingrained in me or whatever, but uh, it's just always been something that I'm interested in and getting thrown into the fire like that. I mean, it, you're not good at the start, but I think that it is the best way to do it to have the most potential. Mm-hmm. And you kind of talking about finding your own style. And I remember my first game, um, I actually can't quite remember when it was because I have two I have two images in my head of which one when my first game was, but I thought I was going to be just like Bob McKenzie off TSN. Yeah. I thought I was going to sound just like him. I thought I was going to sound like the smartest hockey guy ever. Going into your first game, in your head, did you have a guy who you thought you were just going to sound just like replicate, replicate right after him? I've, n- I've never been like, one, there's always styles. Like I really like the way that John Shorthouse and Jim Houston both call hockey games. I think that they both do amazing jobs. John Shorthouse on the radio is so good at telling you where the puck is, but with as few words as possible. And Jim Houston on TV, because radio and TV are two different styles of calling. And with hockey TV, it's like a hybrid, right? We now have the scoreboard. We did it in the past. And sometimes our camera work has been suspect. So I call it more like a radio game because people don't always see where the puck is. For that, I'm going a bit more John Shorthouse. But when it's more on camera, things are flowing a little easier. That's Jim Houston, where you're leaving a little bit more space, uh, letting play flow. You don't have to talk as much. So uh, for me, I never jumped in thinking, I want to sound like this guy, because then you're a copycat. No one wants to hear someone say the same thing twice, right? Uh, Like for 
Me, I think I don't want to just be a hockey guy. I think if you can implement Joe Buck from uh, Fox, who does uh, the big Sunday games for the NFL and also the World Series uh, for the MLB, I think he does some things really well. I mean, there's also things that all these guys do that I would just never do. But I don't think it's just one guy that you try to implement because you've already heard him. No one wants to hear you do his impression. They want to hear something new. And in order to do that, I think you have to mine a bunch of styles. I think with any form of uh, art, be it a commentator, a musician, anyone, everyone's going to have an influence. And everyone's influence had an influence before that. Mm -hmm. And it's a cycle. And you're absolutely right. We're kind of, you know, taking those influences from different callers and then you create your own style. And then one day when you're calling Saturday night football, hockey, whatever you're wanting to do in the future, Will, somebody might look back and go, hey, I want to be like Will Bryant, but I also want to be my own style. And you know what? That would be cool if I ever get to that point. But uh, right now for me, it's just improve and work on calling as good a game as I can. That's always been my focus. I've never cared about making it like just sound amazing and like everything spectacular. Like I I don't need all the flashy segments. I like there's been games last year or I think almost every game last year I just would turn it off for a bit during the intermission. I just didn't have gaps to fill. I didn't have segments. But for me, what my focus has always been has been calling the best game that I can call on play by play. So that means when the action's going from whistle to whistle, I want to be calling as good a game as I can. And that just takes my own dedication, listening back to it. Like I will go back and I'm my hardest critic. And uh, like oh, my parents will throw something on and they'll be like, this is great and tell me all this stuff. And I'm just beating it down going, no, it's not there. There's this, there's that. I said this when I should have said that. I was talking too fast here. So it's always a constant struggle. But going back to kind of your earlier question, getting thrown into the fire has allowed me to develop kind of my own style using those influences and also be able to critique myself as much as I can because I haven't been told what I'm doing wrong or I don't have this image in my head of what I'm supposed to do. I can make it sound however I want it to sound. And uh, so that's kind of my focus for me. It's just getting it to sound or just getting the game called as best as I can for the folks at home each and every week. Have you a favorite game that you've ever called? That's a tough question. Put me on the spot with that one. Um, I, You know what? It wasn't on... Okay, I have two. So I have one that was just my favorite that I called. I was color, and that would have been in CR game... Three or four of Lingo's last overtime winner of last, yeah. So that was it a, that was a great one. game. Yeah, uh, Lingo had the it was either Wart had the breakaway and Lingo Wart put he it had home. the breakaway. Yeah. yeah, so Wart had the breakaway and Lingo put it home. But that game, I think, double or triple overtime, mm-hmm. and that rivalry against Campbell River, calling that game, calling any playoff series against Campbell River is fun for me, and I, I don't know if it's as much fun for Mark because I'm jumping up and down and yeah. almost cussing to myself in the booth, but. Uh, that was a, a big favorite of mine. And then, um, I, again, playoff series against CR, but would have been a couple of years previous. Gavin Yee, with about a minute and a half to go, uh, put one in the open net on an odd man rush. And the Panthers, that was the only game we won in that series. But uh, a huge, huge momentum swing. And uh, I, I think for that team, going into the next year, I think winning a game just sparked a belief and uh, that that I think was another really good one yeah that's pretty cool to hear of all the games that you called and you know just you picking and choosing on the on the best ones and uh, so for everyone listening uh, I know that we've already mentioned our one segment but now we have a new segment every week and um, this this really is not my thing I am not from Australia so I'm gonna give it over to Ben and uh, just take her away any good segment needs a good introduction so I want to play this because that makes me homesick and it's a great way to do this. So this is a, a segment that I, I would love to say is an original segment. I have stolen this from countless shows and interviews in Australia where whenever they get like The Rock or I don't know, Ryan Reynolds or someone comes to Australia, That's they're doing... That's nice you to compare me to those well, people. Well, I, I looked at you both and straight away I'm like The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. I'll okay? take Ryan Reynolds. Thank you. 
No, uh, yeah. Do you want to switch or are you good with that? I'm good with the rock. Perfect. Awesome. Right. Okay, so we're going to call you Dwayne and Ryan. And uh, they'll get them on there. And they will basically have a list of Australian slang words. And you have to guess what that actually means. So I'm going to test both of you here because, Dickie, you haven't had the, the pleasure of doing this as well. It's a pleasure. So the pleasure. Uh, how many, just quickly off the top of your head, can you give me any Australian slang words? Uh, buggy. Is that one? Uh, dingo. Dingo. Barbie. Uh, <laughs> Good eye might. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. Um, I, I notice whenever I'm texting, you always say reckon. Yeah. Reckon. That's one right there. Um, oh, man, I'm at a loss. I don't know. Butt grope. Butt grope, yep. Yeah. I, I would like to just give a little bit of context to my butt groping section the other day. Uh, a mate of mine. So you need to you need to say like when you say my butt groping, that's yeah. an act. That's not you saying it. It's like you groping a butt. This is like if anybody watches any game of any sport, and it's, it's generally men do it. I, I've seen some women in sport, but like it's like a congratulatory slap on the butt. Like it's like good on you, good on you, mate, good job. We I had a mate. We commentated cricket for a while, and it wasn't a very appealing game of cricket. Cricket can get a bit boring sometimes, so we. We, we commented more so on the, the form of the butt groping whenever somebody took a wicket, and we got very much taken aback by this one particular team doing a very significant amount of butt groping. So I will curtail my butt groping. Stiggy, one thing I've noticed on your text to me as well, you also say no worries a lot, so I feel like you're really getting... I'm rubbing off on you. He's worried. Uh, yeah, I know. I think it's just like a Canadian thing. It's just like, no worries, man. It's okay. No worries. Uh, no sorry, worries. I just won't nope. hit you with my Zamboni driving through to Timmy's <laughs> drive-thru. I was getting a double-double and I nearly hit the moose. But uh, yeah. anyways, going to get the reindeer now and shoot some stick and puck. No worries, man. No worries, bud. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let, let's let's do some of these ones for you here. Okay. If I was to uh, refer to some bathers, what are bathers? Swimsuit. Oh, sticky one point. You are correct. How did you know that? Um, I, I heard bathers, so I thought like there's got to be it's got to be close to that. My guess was gonna be someone swimming or something. Right. Okay. Like so I was in the I was in the area. Yeah. In the ball. Yeah. A, a fun fact. So, so Australia, we don't really have different accents around the country. Kind of how you know where somebody's from is generally what they refer. So bathers and cozies are two different. Like if you're in say New South Wales, you will call it a cozy. If you are in uh, Tasmania, where I'm from, bathers. If you're in Queensland, you might call them togs. So, yeah, just um, different ones there. Okay, you, you give me that look. All right, cool. Uh, if I was to refer to an ankle biter. Oh, rattlesnake. Incorrect. It's, is it an animal? It is not an animal. Okay. Person, place, or thing. Hmm. Okay. Um, is it like an ankle bracelet? No. No. No, it is not. I think it may, could we get a hint? Uh, you said person, place, or thing. Yeah. I will say it's a on the person category. Ankle biter. Are they wow. short? Is it a short person? You're on the right wavelength. Think about a short person. A midget. Dwarf. Are we allowed to... I mean, you said it both. We weren't allowed to say shit before. We said it before. Move on. Uh, No, that is incorrect. It is not someone of that variety. Um... I feel like your time might be up here, gentlemen. Yeah, I think it's up. Yeah. It's a child. If you have a child, oh. keep your ankle biters away from me. Put them in the playpen. You know, that's, that's one How thing. How did that start? Who Did the kid just lock onto an ankle? Look, half of these, I couldn't tell you okay. how they started. All right. Uh, if I was to call either of you a bludger, what would I be referring to you as? I'm going to go with a person who fights. Incorrect. A what? A, a bludger. A bludger. Doctor. <laughs> Incorrect. I tell you, if I went to a doctor and they were a bludger, I'm probably going to go see a different doctor. A bludger is someone who is very lazy and doesn't oh. do much. So if you are just hanging around, not doing... We would refer to somebody who lives on welfare and doesn't go out to get work as a dull bludger. So you don't want to be a... Dole bludger. All right, uh, let's let's do two more here. If I was to uh, say, uh, "Hey, Will, could you go grab me an esky?" What would I be getting? Oh, I think I think that name got changed in the CFL. Oh, oh. it's nothing to do. With- <laughs> no, a beer. Yeah, you're on the right page. A snow cone. Wait, no, they don't have snow in Australia. I. You would put beer in this. A cup. A, a pitcher. A glass. A. Gl- I don't, I'm, I can. 
Uh, you'd put it, it. It's a cooler, essentially. Oh, a, a koozie, a koozie thing. No, no, like a, like a, a cool chest, like where you put ice in it, and you put the lid on it, and like uh, you guys call that a cooler, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, like you yeah, take. That works. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's um, uh, let's see. <laughs> oh my goodness! I wish I could say some of these words. All right. Uh, this one. I think you might know this one. What do Australians refer to when we say the word thong? Sandal. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to it. you. Can flip flop, that? flip flop, sent. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. For a bonus point, what do New Zealanders refer to them as? Flip flops? No, and they would they would say it's flip flop, but uh, no, that's that's not right. I, I I'll give you twenty points. I'll, I'll I'll I don't know what. I'll buy you all lunch tomorrow if you can guess this right now on the spot. Let's, let's put the hammer and the nail here. <laughs> oh, I really don't think you will get this. Is it a word that's like English that we might actually know? No. <laughs> if you're from New Zealand, yes. I'm going to apologize in advance of all Ben's friends listening back home that probably know what it is. I'm, but I'm just going to start chucking things out there. Um, a bonga. <laughs> a bonga. <laughs> no, but it should be. I like that word. I'm at a loss for words right now. A chaffy, a jandal. That was a, you were close. You were on the. You got I was the get there. I should have just said sandal, but then yeah. you started changing the s with all the you other did. consonants. Oddly close, will. That was oddly close. Well, uh, there you go, guys. Uh, that's a new fun. I like that segment. I like that segment. That's going to be well fun. Well done. I really think that could be a great new segment. We need to get Pete back on just so he can... Uh, I don't know if you want Pete doing that. No, segment. no, I feel like that. Will, uh, it's been a lot of fun having you here on, on this podcast. We'll definitely have to get you on here uh, more moving forward. And I have to say that, I mean, I've had two games next to you and uh, I've learned not to say buck rope. I've uh, <laughs> learned maybe not to reference uh, Justin Bieber songs. I, I, I reference High School Musical, so well, I the, think we can the, let it slide. The, the best part about that that moment when, uh, like all game, when Esposito was playing, like, oh, I've got to say it, this is too good. And then I say, there's like an awkward pause, like from you. There's just nothing you said. And then you're like, is that a Justin Bieber reference or a Desposito reference? Despacito. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was uh, it was when Spears scored last game. Your reference, the Britney Spears reference, was great until you mentioned that it was a Britney Spears reference. I've got to be not so literal with my uh, my segue sort of um, uh, what do you call them references essentially. So it was I, a little toxic, Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one more, baby, one more time. Yeah, gosh, geez, just, just be Hit me stronger. Baby, one more time. All right, stronger. I'm going to mention every time he scores a goal, I'm going to do a different song. All right, you watch it. Will, I, uh, I, I've learnt so much from you and two guys. I'm not even doing this to suck up your ass, man. I'm telling you now, I have, I have learnt, and uh, moving forward, I hope to be able to learn more off you. But I'm, I'm going to say my goodbyes to you right now and to our listeners because I hand it off to Sticky to do the honors of closing off an episode. But mate, thanks very much for joining us, and we're looking forward to get you back on our uh, club weekly again soon. Yeah, absolutely. I always appreciate the kind words, and they're, hey, they're two. Uh, Two games, you're doing a hell of a lot better than any other Australian would do. So, hey, you're uh, you're cooking with <laughs> gas, and uh, I'm excited to see how the rest of the yep. year goes with you, Ben. Yeah, you know, thanks for the laughs, the smiles today. She was a great episode, a little bit of a longer one again, and, uh, you know, Ben, I, you, you were pretty happy with that. You're the best Australian color man so far. And anyways, uh, thanks no, not for... Not so far. He cannot be topped, I don't think. I don't think so anyways. And, well, folks, thanks for tuning in again this week, and we'll see you next. Weekly is proudly brought to you by Peninsula Co-op. Purchase a car wash from Peninsula Co-op before November 15 and you can win free car washes for a year. Enter online at coopromotions.com.